Hey, everybody out there in Big Self School land, welcome to the Big Self Podcast. It's great to have you here, uh, and uh, it's great to be here. I have a lot of gratitude for my co-host, Shelly. Hi, everyone. Can we just pause for a second and do a celebratory happy dance that our guy won last night? In our school board yeah, election, can yeah. we just say that Marco Perez, who was on our podcast, I don't a know, few a month, few episodes ago, yeah, he uh, pulled it out, and he is our new District Two school board rep here in Chattanooga, and we could not be happier. With the very, outcome. very proud and ha- of him, and happy for him, and and you know, proud of you, Shelley, because you helped canvas. I mean, I helped a tiny bit, but. You were, you've been doing that inner work and you've been doing the outer work, <laughs> making an impact. Yes. I, yes. I have been out there helping as best I can doing my little part of, you know, the work that I believe in and, and, uh, and I certainly believe in Marco. So, yes. All right. So, well, and, um, you know, one thing that has been coming to mind, uh, throughout these months of being in pandemic land, quarantine land is, you know, where um, there's a lot of stress, there is a lot of anxiety, maybe there all already is anyway. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, boundary issues, all of which comes into a certain kind of focus about self-care practices, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things I think that like, so I'll speak from uh, a guy's point of view is like, if, and and like what, so your average guy or your normal person who just goes about life and isn't like thinking of self-care practice and things, if you just hear the term self-care, you associate it with certain things like, um, it tends to be associated with women. Um, why is that? I, and this is why I think that it is. It's this. It's re- a really misunderstood term, and I think the retail industry really markets this kind of buzzword. And yeah. so, like we we associate it with like a woman uh, in a bubble bath with um, a glass of wine. Yeah, like the treat yourself yeah, industry. Yeah. Right. Is yeah, that, that's a par- feels, Parks and Recreation reference, right? I don't know. Nice. Is it? Yeah, Maybe. I think so. Yeah, I think it's associated with self-indulgence. It's associated with like a pampering. Expensive Um, vacations, retail therapy. I think, I wonder too, if, if there's this loaded turn, loaded concept with it, it means like somehow you're weak if you need self-care. Oh, yes. And so maybe that's why I think a lot of men you know, the way that they're socialized is to not need to take care of yourself because that's a, there's a implication that you're weak if you do that. Yeah. That is a great point. Glad you're bringing that up. As a matter of fact, I came across um, a quote on that very, on that very point by Kristen Neff. Do you know Kristen Neff? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Self-compassion researcher. She, she, uh, here's her quote. I found in my research that the biggest reason people aren't more self-compassionate is that they are afraid they'll become self-indulgent. They believe self-criticism is what keeps them in line. Mm -hmm. Most people have gotten it wrong because our culture says being hard on yourself is the way to be. Yeah. So I remember when I was running 
my technology company <clears throat> and yeah. it was in a culture of the, you know, the hustle porn culture, which is <laughs> right. the startup environment. And you really kind of get brainwashed into thinking that, uh, even though I'm dying and I'm killing myself, I'm not sleeping, I'm drinking too much. I'm like the opposite of self care. I am self flagellating, yeah. um, that that somehow is a badge of honor or that it's what other people expect of you, that that's the road to success, that this is, it, you know, every, this is kind of the, the soup you're swimming in and it is so destructive. It's so destructive. And I think, so I totally agree. We think that self-criticism, uh, that self-flagellating that not just in startups, but I think a lot of people ascribe to that is somehow like they're, the punitive part of it makes us better, makes us better people. Yeah. Like we need to be ch chastened a little bit. And it's just, uh, it's a really interesting thing that we've absorbed as a culture. I mean, I see where there is like, if you're in a competitive environment, you want to be, you want to like internalize that, like that coach, right? That tough football coach. Well, I think of it like a and, warrior mentality. Okay. But yeah. you know what I'm just, I'm saying that like, I, I see how you want to like, you want to be tough, right? And you want to be like, I am, you know, or like it, the mentality of like, if I'm going on a long journey, um, I, I mean, not that I'm, I do this, but like if, if I'm going to go trek in the woods for a couple thousand miles, that's going to be hard. I'm going to have to be tough on myself. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, and we're speaking very generally here yeah. about like men versus women. Cause okay. I think there's a lot of women who struggle with self care because they're, they interpret that as, yeah. as selfish. And so, yes. but I see a lot of men, it's really interesting to look at language. So men will talk about habits and there's a lot of books written about habits I mean, right. and you've been really interested in research around habits. And so I think that's the male, whether you're a man or woman, but the male kind of archetype of self care we're calling habits. Uh -huh. And, um, yeah. And I think women tend to gravitate, gravitate toward more of the self care vernacular for whatever reason. I think with, a, with women, what, well, let, let, let's back. Okay. With its boundary issues a lot, like not being able to get enough time to yourself. And, but, um, if I, it, let's back it up a tiny bit. Um, we're kind of read, we're not so much read. Yeah. We're redefining right here, right now. What self-care <laughs> is the big self podcast. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, no, on the one hand, of course it is a very, this is the thing about it. It's a very straightforward concept. It is, uh, it's, it's as simple as it gets. Self-care means what you deliberately do or maybe refrain from doing that's good for you. And, and I guess it starts to get a tiny bit more complex when it's not necessarily just physical. It could be for mm -hmm. your emotional, mental, spiritual. So can I health. tell, can I tell my definition of oh. self-care? Well, yeah. I mean, okay. that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to do it. Daily practices that nurture your body, mind, and soul. Oh, very simply. So that's, huh, daily um, and I think, and you and I've talked before about it gets really complicated though, okay, because right. every person is different. And so when I'm asked to talk about self-care or teach on self-care, I'm like, literally every single person in this room has a different ingredient mix mixture different cocktail of what would be self-care for you. And that's what I was getting. That's where it gets complicated. Yeah, it does. Um, can we read Parker Palmer's definition 
of, um, or the way, not a definition, it's the way that he talks about self-care. And this has resonated since I saw this many, many years ago. You love this quote. I do. Um, Yeah, you want to read it? Sure. Okay. Uh, Okay, so by Parker Palmer, he he says, self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have, the gift I was put on earth to offer others. Anytime we can listen to true self and give the care it requires, we do it not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we touch. I love that. Almost brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> I can tell. Well, you, um, it's good. Yeah. So, so that's the point, right? So, yeah. I think the message I'm receiving is that if I am taking care, I self care. I, I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm doing it for others yeah. because I need to refuel. I need to recharge. Uh, I need to take care of myself. I spend more time with myself, I suppose, than anybody else. (laughs) Yeah, it is attending to your garden, which is your body, mind, and soul. It is is not something that you want to do. It's constant, intentional, deliberate practice, like things that you bake into your day, week, life, so that you you don't want to escape from it. You know, self-care, the kind of the the, the retail version of it or yeah. the mass media version of it is an escapism. And what we're saying is, no, it's actually like daily intentional practices to build the life you don't want to escape from. And so, uh, yeah, you have to think about body, mind, and soul. Every day we have needs in those three areas and we get to define and craft and create whatever it is that replenishes and renews us every day. So we've touched on how uh, it can involve habits, but can we be, let's be specific about like what is some self-care practices that we're talking about here and, and how does it get a little bit complicated Besides the fact that it's not one size fits all. Well, my my first thing I would say, you know, in this conversation to people who are exploring self-care, what does it mean? How do I do it more or better in my life? Uh, I really want to encourage people to start inside and work outside. So what we tend to do uh-huh. is we work outside in, and which is what I think about as the Band-Aid approach. So we, we Band-Aid ourselves, we kind of patch ourselves up by going to... Um, you know, think about like thing like any any kind of indulgent quote indulgent thing that we could do. We uh, like a lot of women will talk about going to the spa, right? Or uh, even like a glass, you know, a gl- bottle of wine, hanging out with friends and drinking a bottle of wine. Like those are experiences, um, and I think they're important. But I think that when we start with that, we feel better, and then we we kind of uh, leapfrog over the internal work that we need to start with. And so when so, I say self-care. Mm-hmm. Well, so what about a guy? So say a guy is um, starting to run and he's feeling better, but he's but you're saying that after a while, if he's not doing sort of the inner purpose work of yeah, I, I, that kind of self-care. Yes, I see most conversations around self-care are talking about those types of habits. Um, There's not a lot of self-care conversations around self-reflection, 
um, so building self-awareness, looking inside and understanding why did I, yeah, self-compassion. Why did I just get triggered when I read that Facebook post by, you know, my aunt or like, like really stepping back. So doing some values work. Absolutely. Yeah. And because, then you've, yeah. you were just talking about boundaries. Yeah. So that there's just uh, so much work around boundaries and that's a huge piece of self-care is knowing when you have to limit your exposure to people, um, to triggering events, to ideas, things that just aren't healthy for you and creating pockets of your day or your week to pull back and do some, to do some introspection and create some healthy boundaries between you and the rest of the world, especially right now when things are chaotic and crazy. I bet that's harder for some people than others, though. Um, what if you're an extrovert? Well, uh, on the one yeah. hand, you, you're not you, you're not inclined to solitude. Or what if you're living, you know, you know, you need more boundaries from some members in your family. But so to let's break this down a little bit because yeah. this has always been helpful for me. When you think about the enneagram types, oh yes. So with, there's three triads, uh, three centers of intelligence on the enneagram. And I think this is really, this has helped me kind of think about my own self-care rituals. So I sit squarely in the heart triad. So I'm an emotional person. I'm a relational person. Yes. Very I other, would say that's very other accurate. referencing. And so constantly, you know, scanning my environment. How's everybody doing? How, yeah. how are you? How are the kids? How are my friends? Like, like I get energy from uh, tuning into other people. So a self-care practice for me and anybody else that's in that heart triad, which okay. are two, threes, and fours, then we need to practice solitude, like desperately. We've got to pull back and check in with ourselves, I would venture to say daily, for us to really understand okay. our emotional, spiritual, even physical landscape like, what are our needs? What am I needing right now? And, so, and I, I can't figure that out unless I pull back. Well, and I'm, I'm I'm with you here on the Enneagram triads. And I just want to add to, to me, this is kind of how self-care can get a little, say, complicated in that there are parts of ourselves that we don't even know that well. Maybe we haven't defined our values very well. Maybe we don't even mm -hmm. know that we're struggling with boundaries. Maybe we don't know our Enneagram type, much less a triad that we fit into. So there's work to be done to get to a practice in the first place that's that you're right. taking care of yourself in the way that you need to. Yes. So that's the internal work, which we, you know, we believe and talk about a lot. The inner work leads to the outer impact. And so yeah. you have to carve out space and time to do this inner work so that you have the clarity to even know what self-care rituals you need in your life. Um, so the other thing that the two other triads yeah. real quick. So there's the head triad on the Enneagram five, sixes and sevens. And so these are the folks that live in their heads. They're constantly thinking, they're planning, they're looking for the next adventure. Uh, they're overthinkers. A lot of times they're, you know, they just live in their heads. Sometimes they're catastrophizing or contingency planning. So the, that group really needs to look at how do I get out of my head? Like what practices every day can get me out of my head into my emotions and into my body. Mm -hmm. And so the, the one that we talk about a lot for that group is silence. So how do you cultivate silence that 
in your life. It could be a, like quit the voices in your head. Like that. Possibly. <laughs> well, if they're in their head. Yeah. That, that, that is, <laughs> that would need a psychological evaluation. <laughs> well, uh, no, so I'm you talking like, about like, don't read a book. Don't listen to music. Go do sit. A physical activity. Go for a silent maybe. walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, quit talking to people. Like get out of your head. And, and I do think that the, the, those head types, um, kind of live in their neck up. And so they've, we've got to, they've got to figure out practices to get into their bodies yeah. and into their emotions and connect with their hearts a little bit more. And then the last triad are the body types. So eight, eight nines and ones. Um, and they're, they are just embodied energy and it's either externalized out on other people. And so you'll see these types really like active doers. They're in motion literally all the time. Yeah. Um, or they're in motion internally. Mm. And so they've got a lot happening inside their bodies. What do, th- what do they do? Because I mean, to slow down, I mean, it's, I guess silence and stillness is right. necessary well, and the, for everybody. The, the, the practice for those body types is stillness. You know, how do you get your body still so that you can I see. pull into, uh, what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And for that type, a lot of mindfulness meditation, although really hard for that type, because it requires that you stop moving is really powerful for them. So if they can get into some type of daily sitting practice, then it can be really helpful. You know, I, I, I don't have a lot of nine friends that come to mind, but I do know of like some, some eights that are really obvious and some ones and I can, and I know what you mean about how they are. The eights I've seen is like, I have a lot of that anxious energy. Well, they're intense. They're just, yeah, yeah, really intense people who just, I mean, they have the highest amount of the most energy. I'll say it that way of any other type on the Enneagram. Uh-huh. So they just go constantly. And you can see how it would be hard for them to really yeah. be practicing mindfulness, but yeah. maybe, maybe what they need most of all. And, you know, for sure. And then, you know, our nines are active with other people. Oh, and so right. they're, they're, they're look a lot like what my type is, which is the two. So they look other referencing. Um, and, and it is other referencing. I mean, they're constantly kind of figuring out and, uh, mediating and figuring out how we can get people to work to better together. The peacemaker. Right. And then ones, it'll be a lot of internal, um, activity. So they don't look like they're in motion a lot, but they are inside. And so, yeah, I think all, all of these types can benefit a lot from, you know, cultivating these practices every day. Um, and then ritualizing them. Like for me, as you know, I go and sit on my back porch. Um, and sometimes I ask you to leave me alone because <laughs> I'm right. in my solitude. I'm yeah. like pulling back. Well, um, we're with each other all the time now. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That is, that so, is true. so one of the self-care things that I'm hearing from, from you is that it's okay. It's not selfish if I go mountain biking every day in the middle of the afternoon. Can you practice self-care that, like? Once a week. <laughs> well, I mean, but so that, I guess that is one of the things, I guess we're, tr- we're all, we're figuring it out too, because when they say, oh, self-care is not selfish. Well, I mean, I guess if you're like, if you justify everything. That yeah. Doing, it's self-care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Honey, gonna go to, I'll be back in a week of going to I the was, beach. It's self-care. I was playing golf. I'm taking care of myself. You want me 
to be playing golf. I'm a better person. Yeah. See, um, well, no, I think ahead. that's a, okay. Let's truly, that is a piece. I think play is a piece of self-care. Um, but to me, self-care is really unsexy. Like it is so not, it's, it's, and we've talked about this. It's boundaries with, between yourself and other people. It's boundaries between yourself and kind of unhealthy kind of pressures in your life. It's also boundaries with yourself. Like I am huh. going to go to bed by 10 o'clock. I'm going to stop drinking by seven o'clock. Yeah. Like, um, so it's really, it's because you, because you've, you know the repercussions of that. You know that you know that this is these conditions are what I need to be my best self, um, and so it's a lot of just it's not very sexy stuff like mountain biking. I would not always uh, say that that's self care for you. Sorry. Oh, it has been. It saved me, <laughs> man. It's I'm getting out into the woods. I'm having a physical activity. Yeah, it's, you do come back in a different headspace. I, I will feel, say that. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. So overall, like, you know, uh, if you're just now listening to us, maybe you're getting more familiar with the Big Self School, we have kind of our four pillars are awareness, connection, action, and wellness. And in some ways, I would say that self-care touches on all of those mm -hmm. things. You have to develop more self-awareness. Um, in order to practice it well, <clears throat> how do you bring it into action, at least in your own life? Um, and, uh, and certainly it touches on wellness and those kinds of practices. I don't know about connection in this case as much. In some ways, it's how do you have boundaries, you know? Yeah, no, I, um, I absolutely see it touching on connection also. Not only connecting with other people, but connecting with ourselves, our ah, true self, oh, I see. which is right, what right. Parker Palmer would, would say. Um, so yeah, awareness is just to me, it's, it's the, the act, the activity of getting conscious and getting clear. Um, it's, you know, and again, I, I know myself well enough to know that I have to pull back from people to really figure that stuff out. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, it energizes me to connect with people on a deeper, more authentic level level. Whoa. Um, and to me that is self-care because I'm naturally, naturally extroverted and want to connect with people. But if yeah. I'm coming at it from a place of depletion, then I'm going to resent that, those connections. Um, and then of course, yeah, action, we can sit here and think about self-care, but you have and plan it, but you have to do it. You have to actually, I have to get up and I have to go be by myself for a little bit. I actually <laughs> have to stop drinking wine whatever yeah. time I, I have to s stop watching Netflix and go to bed. Like, so there is, there's an element of just real pragmatic discipline that yeah. comes with self care. Some daily practices, you know, like if you're, you're probably out there and you've been spending just time taking care of other people's needs. And so to the extent where you've forgotten to take care of your own, and you can easily lose sense of who you are, you know? And so self-care is helping you realize that it's, it's time to reclaim yourself, reclaim your passion. If you've lost that in this pandemic, which at times I do, I lose sense of it and your purpose. So it is time to reconnect 
with who you are. Preach. And we know. <laughs> the Church of Big South. <laughs> and we know that it's not an easy th- thing to do. There's a million things maybe pulling at you and they can take a toll. Whether, you know, I mean, and we're talking, this is, affects your relationships and your work and just whatever obligations like registering your kids for school or um, adjusting health insurance. Yeah, like these little like incredibly boring, but kind of really stressful things with lots of loose ends on them. So that is our message for you today. Um, If you want to um, think about, well, okay, I really don't know what my values are, or I would like to learn more about my Enneagram type um, or other, how do I identify boundaries? How can I practice mindfulness? Well, that's what our school is all about after all, right? Boom. So, so check us out. Bigschool.com. Bigselfschool.com. Isn't that what I said? No. Big, bigselfschool.com. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That's, that's where we are. You can find us. We're offering classes launching with a lot of them over the next few weeks and months. Uh, that's that's it for me today. Yeah. Hope everyone has a great week. Uh, and let us know. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast. Give us a note. Uh, you can find us all over social media at Big Self School. And we would love to connect with you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at the Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at the Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision making, or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know.